Svara Bodhisattva doing deep prajna paramita clearly saw emptiness of all the five conditions thus completely relieving misfortune and pain. This is the opening sentence or portion of the Heart Sutra, which we chant regularly, and which I will speak about a little bit this afternoon. In a way, this is a very interesting clarification a text clarifying exactly our life and exactly our practice. So, as some of you know, this is considered a condensation of what's called Prajna Paramita Sutras. So it's the heart of the Prajna Paramita Sutras. The word in the title, Maha Prajna, we say it Maha Prajna. In the Japanese, it would be Maka Hanya Haramita. Maka Hanya Haramita. It's interesting, this word maha, this word great or large. In a way, this word doesn't, I can't find it in many of the early Chinese versions of the Heart Sutra. And scholars can talk about how it arose, but in the uh, official version of the Tripitaka in Chinese, it just reads Prajna Paramita Heart Sutra is the, uh, the text, the Chinese text. So this Maha somewhere came either in the chanted versions in the um, later Tang Sung Dynasty China or in um, Japan. But it doesn't make a difference because this maha 
is all that needs to be said. The rest almost is commentary on Maha, Maha, great or large. Just as when we do the verse of the robe, we start with the first word, vast. Don't need to say any more for the verse of the robe. That expresses and clarifies vast. After that, everything else is commentary. And the saying this great, because this great Not quite vast, because there is no, not quite large, because there is no outside to this large. This is a maha, large, vast, wide, where there is no small prajna paramita. There is no, nothing excluded. And yet, nothing more to So, could just as well say small, but we can't say small. But it's a vast, a great, that has no outside, that is just this moment, this moment right here. So, In a way, Maha or Maka contains all the rest of the sutra, just like all the other words of the title. Prajna, Paramita. So, what is this great Prajna, wisdom. Wisdom is the literal translation. But when we think of wisdom, we often want to think, add on, these particular things are wise, and these particular things are not quite so wise. These particular things of wisdom I have, but maybe he doesn't have. This wisdom, the Prajnaparamita wisdom, is every one of our lives. It's the wisdom of every one of our lives being. See? And yet, and yet we miss it. Yet we miss it. So, great wisdom, paramita, paramita meaning enabling us to cross to the other shore, which isn't anywhere else, but this right here is the other shore. This right here is this perfection this Great Wisdom Perfection Sutra. Great Wisdom Perfection Sutra. In a commentary on this, um, 
or I should say, in a commentary appropriate for this. Some of you know Nagarjuna, or Nagarjuna Mulamadhyamaka Karaka, which is his uh, commentaries on the Middle Way. He has a comment not going out of being, not coming, well, it doesn't have that in, in uh, Sanskrit. I, I'll, I could read the Sanskrit, but I'll stay with the English translation. Not going out of being, not coming into being, not being destroyed, not marked by constancy. Not going out of being, not coming into being, not being destroyed, and not marked by constancy. As a way of clarifying this prajna that we are, because of our tendencies to see our life, to see things, aspects, functions, this very nature as either going out of being, coming into being, being destroyed, or being constant. And none of those, none of those are applicable. None of those are applicable, meaning that if we try to figure it out and fix it and change it, then that much we're getting into trouble. And it is our life. It is our life. It is our life, which is why this prajna is exactly our life. Dogen's comments in a similar way. The five skandhas are exactly the five prajna the five functions of wisdom, which is your hearing right this moment, your sitting right this moment, is the functioning of prajna, which is why we chant, recite the Heart Sutra each day to remind us what our life is. Of course, we don't need this reminder since we have our life from the beginning. And yet, it's useful to have this reminder. Useful to have this reminder of the wisdom that's the functioning of our life. The wisdom that enables us to manifest this perfection or to reach this so-called other shore which isn't anywhere else. We can't escape the other shore and yet we could miss it. So we have to take the step to stand on this other shore where we are. Stand on this other shore where we are. So, Avalokiteshvara Bodhisattva doing deep prajna paramita. 
Avalokiteshvara Bodhisattva. Who's this Avalokiteshvara? Now we translate Avalokiteshvara, which is the Bodhisattva. In the original, no, that's not correct. In the Chinese version, it says Kan. No, the Japanese version or the Chinese version. But I'll pronounce it in Japanese. It says Kanji Zai Bo Sagyo, etc. Kanji Zai, which is one name of Avalokiteshvara as the one who sees the suffering. That's only one aspect of this Avalokiteshvara. The second aspect is the one who hears and responds to the sufferings. That's the Kanzeon, which is why when we do the sutras in the morning, we do the Heart Sutra, which is Avalokiteshvara Kanji Zai Bosagyo, and then next we do the Enmejuku Kanongyo, which is Kanzeon Namu Butsu. It's the functions of wisdom and compassion. And Kanji Zaibo, Kanzeon, Avalokiteshvara. We say these to remind us that these are our names. Our names, listening, seeing, hearing, responding. Wisdom and compassion are the names of our life, except, except when we don't believe it, except when we believe otherwise. So what does Avalokiteshvara Bodhisattva doing Deeprajnaparamita clearly saw the emptiness of all the five conditions? clearly saw the emptiness of all the five conditions, thus relieving suffering, pain. How does seeing the emptiness of all the five conditions relieve suffering and pain? I ask you, how? Anyone? Yeah. How? Extinguishing, letting go of. Be be more specific. How does seeing the emptiness relieve suffering and pain? Lack of identification with the smallness. Okay. Anyone else want to say something? How does seeing the emptiness of all the five conditions relieve suffering and pain? I mean, you, you say this all the time, if you don't believe it, someone should have said to me, why do we say this? I don't believe it. It doesn't make any sense. They're not thinking about it. 
Not thinking about it. Not thinking about what? Form, sensation, conception, discrimination, awareness, they're just there. But if I think about that, oh, I have this pain, and there's something wrong, then that's not empty anymore. And if it's not empty, then what? Then I'm caught up in it. And then okay. I'm suffering. Okay. And when it's empty, what is it? Just, just there. Now, okay. Maha. Now, in some ways, this sutra is the, the reverse of yesterday's fire sermon, in the sense that yesterday, in the fire sermon, the Buddha starts with the problem and then at the very end he says this is how through disenchantment the disciple becomes dispassionate through dispassion he is liberated when he is liberated there comes knowledge and so forth here In the Heart Sutra, we start with the, if you want to say, the summation and solution. The whole main point is made in the first sentence. Everything else is further elaboration on that. Avalokiteshvara Bodhisattva doing, being Prajna Paramita see clearly sees the emptiness of all the five conditions and relieves all suffering and pain. And then we go form is empty, empty is form, form is exactly empty, empty is exactly form. But I still want us to reflect on what does it mean Empty, and how does that relieve pain? How does that relieve pain? So Dogen has a comment, not to answer that, but to add another facet to this. Dogen's comment on these first lines are, the time that Davalokiteshvara Bodhisattva practices profound prajnaparamita is the total emptiness of the five skandhas, whole body, seen by illumined vision. The five skandhas are form, feeling, thought, discrimination, perception, slightly different translation of them. They are the five prajna, the five wisdom. The illumined vision is also wisdom. Prajna. When this primary spirit is realized and manifested, it is expressed in words such as very form is emptiness, very emptiness is form, 
Emptiness is emptiness. Form is form. Notice Dogen adds that last. Not only is form emptiness, and emptiness is form, but emptiness is emptiness. Form is form. He's taking this prajna wisdom a step further for us. What? But what is this prajna wisdom? This wisdom that sees, is who and what we are. What is this prajna? Not tunis. Okay, that's a nice word to say, not tunis, but there's something more. Prajna, prajna is wisdom. What is the wisdom? How would you describe wisdom, wisdom action? How would you describe wisdom that, if you want to say, every being you encounter has it? Every being has it in perfect, faultless ways and amount. How do we Clarify, what is this prajna wisdom? In a way, when we say form is empty, empty is form, that's already a step up. Or saying, clearly see the emptiness of all the five conditions is already an elaboration. If you just say prajna, what is this prajna that is your very life? What is this prajna that is your very life? What is this prajna that sits zazen with you, that gets up and walks kinhin, that leaves the zendo and uses the toilet, that urinates, that comes back, adjusts your clothes, sits down, prepares to eat, and he eats and chews the food and swallows. What is this prajna wisdom? What is this prajna wisdom that all without exception, whether they have a PhD or are illiterate, Without exception, have it. Then I would say, of course, all does not exclude non-humans. If form, feeling, thought, if sensation, conception, discrimination, awareness are the five prajna, illumined vision is the five prajna, the hundred grasses are the five prajna. Sound, taste, touch, all the prajna. What is this prajna? 
that is your very life, that this Heart Sutra goes at length to clarify for us. And that, most importantly, relieves suffering, because that's what the whole point is here. Relieving suffering. Relieving suffering, which is what the Buddha was talking about in the fire sermon, which the rest of this commentary, which is what the life of Avalokiteshvara, the one who sees the suffering and responds, the one who hears the cries of suffering and responds. Both different, you could say, forms or aspects of this functioning of compassion. The wisdom that's able to see and the compassion that then can act, which says, Kanze onamu butsu yo butsu in yo butsu en bukpo, morning thought, compassion, evening thought, compassion, each thought moment is compassion. The compassion of Kanzeon, which is no one else but you. There is no Kanzeon anywhere else. If you don't know that your name is Kanzeon, then that much is unclear. Just as when we don't know that form is emptiness, then we get in trouble. We get in, as Faye was saying, all sorts of trouble when we believe form is not empty. Trouble with ourself and trouble with others. And we make trouble. In a way, saying all the five conditions are empty, in a way we're trying to take away what leads us to suffer, if I say it in such way, in such explanatory way. But that's a step more. Relieving all suffering is exactly what the Buddha said at the end of the Fiasin. The enchantments are lifted. It's not that anything has changed. And yet the enchantment of form is not empty, is lifted. What was a source of your problem is no longer seen in that way. Form is empty. But Empty can become another source of your problem. So we have to clarify empty is exactly form. I've always found the analogy of to, to help to understand or deal with this emptiness and form. I think for me at least emptiness is source of confusion, but the simple analogy of the ocean and a wave as mm-hmm. a simple way of 
expressing emptiness and form, the ocean being emptiness and the wave being form, the wave is the ocean, always has been, always will be. It rises and falls. There's nothing that's really born or dies. And if we can see that as being the nature of our life, then there's nothing to protect or defend or grieve about. In a more specific way, it's important to see it. Not in, it's useful, as you said, but that's a little too abstract for us. Because it's, what is the emptiness of this moment to see that? What is the emptiness of this very functioning, this very aspect? of our life. That, so yes, a nice analogy, a slightly different way of talking about it, and I mentioned this to you earlier, um, is to, in place of emptiness, is to use the word gold. Imagine, everything is gold. Everything is gold. Some sticks are gold, and some people are gold, and some conditions are gold, and there's big gold and little gold, and there's sick gold, and there's foolish gold, and there's smart gold, and there's clumsy gold, but it's all forms of gold. Now again, this is an analogy, and analogies break down because we start believing what we think about them or add on. But just in that sense, if we can see that no matter what the person that comes to us, no matter what the food we that comes to us, it's all forms of gold, then our evaluation of them changes because we see the oneness of it or the intrinsic aspect of it that's always right there. So it's shaped this way, so it's shaped that way. Now, of course, you could start then becoming a connoisseur of shapes and say gold isn't important, it's important the shapes. Then the analogies breaks down. But the point is it is for us to start seeing what it is we are doing when we don't see what it is, and instead believe our form story about it. Our, this pain is terrible and it's interminable and I'm going to get it or I'm going to lose it. Or Then we can have reason and justification for pain, for suffering, for harming others, for being greedy, for being angry and for all the other things. If we don't see the prajna functioning of it, or the empty functioning of it, 
but it's not something else. As soon as we say it's something else, which is why even saying it is not enough, but still the, the sutra has to go on to say form is exactly emptiness. Emptiness exactly form. See? And nevertheless, we still want to say, sometimes they use the word for prajna, they talk of it as a dark mystery. Not even just a mystery, but a dark mystery. Because we otherwise want to make something of it. In classical Chinese terms, they sometimes compared it to the heart as the source of life, energy, pumping. So in a similar way, they talk about that prajna is has the... Uh, I'll quote a rough translation of the Chinese which says it regulates the crucial and central preeminent meaning from the inside. Now of course that makes it as if prajna is something inside and not something outside. But this is a way of talking about prajna. Prajna is this very wisdom that is the functioning of who we are. And this wisdom that is the functioning of who we are is maha, great, but great without outside, great without anything big or small. And therefore, it's great in this immediate, if I say here now, this is the great that extends in all directions. This prajna that is who we are. So, what we're saying is reminding ourselves to live this prajna wisdom that you have, and you can't not live, and yet you could manage not to live if you believe otherwise. Or you could manage not to live it as long as you hold on to your stories. There's no way to measure prajna, and yet there's also no way to exclude prajna. And yet, if we make something of it, we are, as they might say, 
adding a head on top of our head. So what is this prajna that is this very life, eye, ear, nose, tongue, body, mind, forms of consciousness, and all the others. Remember, these are exactly what yesterday the Buddha talked about, what is a flame. Here, prajna is just the opposite. Prajna is the wisdom of these eye functionings and it breaks down in, in a similar way as the numbers that the Buddha had, breaking it down first into five and then into, no, first into six and then into 18 and then into all the various ways of talking about ear, mind, nose, tongue, body, mind, exactly the way in the Heart Sutra they elaborate it to further spell out all the aspects. In a way, that's a mnemonic device. In a way, it's a practice point for us to clarify when and how we become caught up in those. We get caught up in sounds and tastes and sensations and thoughts and in all the other things. We become caught up in suffering, cause of suffering, end of suffering, and a way to the end. Those are exactly the four prajna. There's just one piece of prajna that's right here manifested. Right here manifested is just this one piece prajna. One piece prajna. Not many. Just one piece prajna because this is maha prajna. But what is that? What is maha prajna? What is this one piece life that we are right now? So we've been chanting the Heart Sutra day by day by day. What are you saying? What do you get from chanting that? How can you make good use of it if I say it in such a way? In a way it's extra to make, try to make good use of it. As someone said in a very grotesque way, not grotesque, but crude, that's better. It's a nice hot kettle of stew and he goes, plops a few rat turds in it and ruins it. Um, see, in a way, we're all people with full bellies and yet people are trying to give us more and more. We don't need it. We're going looking elsewhere for what we always have with no limit. We have as our very functioning, as our very function. So the Heart Sutra is reminding us, reminding us and allowing us to affirm, 
affirm for ourselves this very prajna wisdom that we are, this very emptiness. If you want to say empty of what? You could say empty of fixed, permanent self. You could say empty of separateness. But those are just saying about. That's not emptiness. In another comment, Nagarjuna, again, Nagarjuna likes these um, groupings. He he says, Prajna is neither from itself nor from another, nor from both, nor without a cause. Does anything, whatever, anywhere arises. That's again his way to help us. Help us not because we have to figure out those things, but help us to live the prajna that we are. And the way we live the prajna that we are is we cease to hold to the forms and structures and beliefs about this prajna that we are. We cease to hold to the ideas of what we need in order to be okay, what others need in order to be okay what needs to be changed in order for this moment, this moment, to manifest the great universe. That's what the Heart Sutra is saying. So what is this practice of being exactly as and who, what we are? That's each of us has to, for ourselves answer that in our experiencing being present, which means being exactly as we are in whatever arises right here. Whatever arises as this moment of my life. As this moment of my life. That's the point. That's the point of again saying it when we repeat it with the Enmei Juko Kanon Gyo. Morning thought Kanzeon. In other words, morning thought compassionately responding to the cries of suffering, so-called my own, so-called others. Evening thought, Kanzeon. Each thought, Kanzeon. Nothing separate from Kanzeon. Self-fulfilling joyousness, if we say it that way. That's exactly what this is. And yet, we have to do it for ourselves. We have to see how how to be this single piece prajna paramita that's 
manifested right now as our life. Manifested right now as the earth, water, fire, wind, air, mind, says Dogen. It manifested right now as our functioning, going, staying, sitting, lying down, shitting, eating, and all the other functions. So, this is this prajna. So, in a way, I want to stop now, unless you have some more that you want to bring up about this. And then, pick this up again tomorrow after, hopefully, this has been included as your moment, moment practice. As your moment, moment practice. The practice of what? Practice of being the prajna paramita, the total emptiness of the whole body, as the, of the whole body seeing, being, the illumined vision, the illumined wisdom that you are. So your task is very simple. Be the illumined wisdom that you are. Or see what's called for when you refuse to be the illumined wisdom of the present moment. See what's called for when you believe something other than the wisdom of the present moment or the prajna of the present moment. Yes. Well, how do we know there's such a thing as prajna if we can't see it? What can't see it? Not seeing it is prajna. Not seeing it. See, if all the functions of being human are prajna, not seeing is functioning prajna. So what does that mean? How... See, this is what the Heart Sutra says, and you've been saying this I don't know how many years. You know, form, sensation, conception, discrimination, awareness, or whatever way you define the five skandhas, which is a way of defining aspects of life, is prajna wisdom. Haven't you said that for years? So, not seeing is, is exactly this aspect of the functioning of prajna. Eye, ear, nose, tongue, body, mind. Because if I think I see it, I don't really see it. Don't see. Your very thinking you see it is prajna. Your very thinking you don't see it is prajna. And yet we make trouble with that. That's plopping turds into a stew that you're ready to eat doesn't make the stew very tasty or appealing or appetizing. 
So you then reject the stew and complain, I have nothing to eat. When you've added that to your stew. See, that's what we add to our functioning of prajna. Hearing, seeing, smelling, thinking. That's why it's laid out that way. Dogen says the twelve prajna are the twelve entrances, meaning the twelve, the way human body is described as having twelve entrances. Those are all the twelve prajna. The eighteen prajna, the eighteen forms, ways of talking about human functioning of eye, ear, nose, tongue, body, mind, and then all the ways that they sense things and all the ways that we um, uh, perceive those. That's exactly what yesterday the Buddha was talking about as burning. This is the counter enchantment, if we want to say it that way. See, The counter to the enchantment is to see that this is the very Wisdom of Buddha life, very wisdom of your life, the functioning that hears right now is wisdom, is the wisdom that's maha, not just plain ordinary wisdom or makahanya, great wisdom, great wisdom where there is no small wisdom, meaning there is no lacking wisdom. How could that be? So we have to chew on this to see how... But the point here is this is about relieving suffering. The suffering that we add on to what we... So in a sense, this is a counterpoint to yesterday. Yesterday in the fire sermon, the Buddha talked about how... What we see, hear, smell, taste, etc. leads us to burning from greed fire, hate fire, delusion fire, fire of... Here, we're turning the other side of it. How those very Potentials for fire are also the very potential, not only the potential, but the actual functioning of wisdom and compassion, the functioning of what it says in the Heart Sutra, Anuttara Samyak Sambodhi, complete, however you want to translate that, Anuttara Samyak Sambodhi, accomplishment of the wisdom of Buddha, of our life. That's what it says. The point of the Heart Sutra is to enable us to relieve suffering that we find in our life or in the life of others. The point of our practice 
is to enable us in the midst of discovering that suffering and harming is arising to see if and where something is needed to do what's needed. When there's nothing needed, there's nothing extra to do. So, please, live our life. Live our wisdom, which is not to change anything to become so-called better, not even to become more open, but to live the wisdom of this moment functioning as we are. Thank you.